Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Hi, welcome back and welcome to episode three of Thrive Like a Parent. I am so excited to dive deep with you today into the transition back to school. This can bring on so many stressors, anxiety, emotions, and a lot of tense within the home, right? That tense feeling of how is this going to go? Even fear of the unknown. What I can say is for me, school is very exciting to go back into that school year. I look forward to my kids stepping into a new year, stepping into what this might look like for them within the next year. And it's also a milestone to be able to be like, all right, here we go, another year. Now I know everyone needs the first day pictures and hoopla of that. I actually had a client who was so stressed out because she didn't get that picture and I just want to give you a little piece of advice. Like that picture, no one will know if it's on the first day. Like no one. Yeah. Do not stress yourself out about getting that damn picture. Yeah. It is okay. It is okay. Like it's more than okay. I would say last year, I didn't even know if the kids had clothes that fit them. I was still in such a state of fight or flight and winging it let's say, but I knew that's where I was at and I was fully, fully aware and comfortable with it of like, okay, this is just where we're at this year, yeah? For me, as I got the kids ready and sent them off to school, whoo, I might get emotional. Um, We had time, like we had time to pick out their outfits. We went together and made it a special afternoon and we had fun with them trying it on in the dressing room and it was just... It was different. It felt different this year. And while, of course, in my mind, it was, he's missing it, right? He's missing it again. It was slightly faded this year more than last. I remember last year, one in particular, if you can tell, I'm very choked up, um, where I was just a hot mess. I couldn't stop crying all morning. And I just kept saying, (laughs) Mommy's sad. Mommy's on blue. It's it's okay for mommy to be sad sometimes, right? And they're like, yes, mommy, yes. Like, I always let my children know how I'm feeling and why I'm feeling that way and let them know that it is more than okay to feel that way. And that's what I teach a lot of my clients to do with their own children because we need to model human behavior. We need to model human emotions and allow our children to know that it is okay to feel sadness. It is okay to cry. It is okay to be angry or frustrated. Like it is okay. Yeah. So I remember dropping my kids off at school and just 
sobbing, like sobbing, thinking like as they were walking through the doors, like holy shit, like he is missing this. I cannot believe he's missing this. Like I cannot believe he chose to miss this. Like I just can't, I cannot believe it. And there was like such a sweet moment that morning within my tears, like Charlie, my older one, grabbed Eli and either by the hand or put his arm around him and they walked in together. I was just in awe of how wonderful my children are to each other and how much they love each other and how strong they are for doing this to little boys without a male figure in their life and without a dad. I was just so sad. And I felt a sense of that this year. For sure I did. But it was, like I said, faded in a way. It wasn't so raw. Um, It felt like, yep, he's missing this, but like, I'm so effing proud of these boys. I am so proud of myself. I'm so proud of us. Like, I had time to make an afternoon to go pick out clothes with my boys. And we had a blast. And we packed our lunches together. And we had the lunchbox. And we picked out new backpacks. And like, I have not had the capacity to do that. I haven't. There was such pride in this school year. Of course, pride in how well the boys are doing. They have just absolutely blow my mind. They just are taking it in stride. Children are very resilient and we will talk about that today within the transition of school and what happens. But trusting in that resiliency, trusting in their ability to be able to move forward through whatever happens in their life or whatever struggle is really important. And that leads us into the conversation of the transition through school. I would say most parents have a heightened state of anxiety or stress without even recognize it or even excitement. And that revs your engine. Yeah, you're stepping on the gas. Yeah, which means you're revving up. But then we have to figure out what to do with it. Like what pieces, like what to do with that. So... When we are in that heightened state of excitement or fear or anxiety within the transition of going back to school, we don't necessarily, most parents don't recognize that that is what's happening and so their stress level goes up. And then that co-regulation piece of your children around that, they're also very excited. They're also slightly anxious or stressed or nervous, right? Who's gonna be in their class or Are they going to like their teacher or even for our little kiddos who it's their first time going to school? Yeah, they don't quite know what to expect. And that's super important to first and foremost be aware of. Yeah, like understand that those emotions exist. Understand that that revving of your engine happens. And if you have the awareness of it, you can be in tune with it because a lot of times when we are stepping on the gas, when we are in a heightened state, that's where more of our snapping, irritability, frustration ends up happening. And I know that every single one of you do not enjoy snapping at your kids, excuse me. And when you do, that leads to guilt and shame. And then you're building those perpetual patterns within your brain that you're not worthy enough, you're not good enough, you're a bad parent, all the different things, yeah? So the first step is understanding that that will happen, that heightened state, yeah? Yeah. Now, 
If you've watched my vlog on the power of three, and if you haven't, I urge you to do so on YouTube, but the power of three is basically the theory that I explain to all of my clients that our brain works basically in threes. It takes either, you can go down to the minutes, yeah? Three minutes or seconds, three minutes, three hours, three days, three weeks, three months, three years. So let's break that down into three days is like a shift from staying at mom's house versus dad's house, yeah? Three weeks is possibly going back to school. Three months also might be going back to school. Let's say they're going to a new school or it's their first time at school or you're in a new school district or it's a different teacher or your children individually just struggle with transitions, yeah? So if you understand, like I said, that awareness of how your child ticks and I help you understand that, of course, if you're working with me. But if you can see how your child dicks in terms of transitions, you will much more be able to know what's ahead of you and what's in front of you. Yeah. So if your kiddos cry, if your kiddos have a hard time, if your kiddos seem like they're struggling, listen into that, but don't fix it. Yeah, we want to support our children, not fix. And as caregivers, as parents, that is so incredibly hard to do. Think of it this way. When a child pops out of you, yeah, all of a sudden, boom, like they would not survive unless you helped them make sure that they're clean and fed. Like they wouldn't. They wouldn't survive. And so that codependency and natural tendency to fix is necessary and is needed. And then we as parents have the hard, hard task of releasing that codependency to support our children into finding their own path and their own way in life so that they can go off into the world and support themselves and figure out what their world and life will look like for them. Yeah. So we have to understand that in order to support our children, we have to let them spread their wings and fly. So specifically for those of you who have littles that are going into daycare maybe for the first time or for kiddos who are going to kindergarten or it's a different school or you also know that they just struggle, excuse me, struggle with transitions, take that into consideration and say, okay, this may take a few days. This might take a few weeks. I, in particular, have one who very much is sensitive to transitions, yeah? It's been a doozy of a week over here. I'm not going to lie for us, but I know that that's what's ahead of me and I knew that that was a possibility. And because I had the awareness, I was able to stay grounded. Was it hard? Particularly this week, Monday and Tuesday, yeah? End of Tuesday, we were good. Today, we're good. But was it hard? Yeah. Did I feel uncomfortable? Absolutely. Is it hard to see my child struggling? 1000%. But I had to stay grounded and trust. Like trust that I know what I'm doing. Trust that I can support him without fixing it. Because what ends up happening is if we fix it for our children, they will always expect us to get a Band-Aid when they have a cut. Eventually, we need them to go find their own Band-Aid, rip the little pieces off, know that the trash is over there and they can take those little things, put it in the trash, and then put the Band-Aid on themselves. Yeah, it's hard. 
it's really hard. It's like empty nest syndrome. Yeah, hard. Like it is hard, but we have to allow our children to physically feel these emotions in order to move past them. Yeah. So I recently did a reel where a little girl was like sitting there waiting in her chair for her dad to arrive from the first day of daycare. And immediately she saw him and she just like grabbed her stuff and went rushing towards him, hysterically crying. And that although it might break your heart to hear or see, yeah, that is very, very typical. And that's actually really healthy because that what that tells me is that child knows that you are the safety. You are home. That means, listen loud and clear, that means that you are doing a damn good job. If your child didn't care and they're like, bye, right? Like, and some do, don't get me wrong. I'm talking about the ones who do struggle with transitions. But that crying or that attachment to to you means that they know you're the safety. That means that they're struggling with the fear of the unknown. But we have to allow their brain to feel it in order to trust it and in order to know that they can get through it. And what that ends up building is resiliency in the child's brain to be like, oh, I got this. Like I can face fears and I can push forward. There is, I'll read it right now. There is an incredible quote from One Small Step Can Change Your Life. It's one of my favorite books. I actually leave it on my desk and I read it to my clients all day long. And the quote is, The fight or flight response is still vital today, for instance. If a car on the highway heads the wrong way down your lane, or if you need to escape a burning building, right? Like you need the fight or flight system. You need it. You need it to survive and run away from the bear, yeah? But the real problem with the amygdala, and that is where those responses come from, okay? And its fight or flight response today is that it sets off alarm bells whenever we want to make a departure from our usual safe routine. I'm gonna say that again, yeah? It's, it is that it sets off alarm bells whenever we want to make a departure from our usual safe routine. So your kiddos who are struggling with new teachers or new environments or new homes or new school districts or just being away from you, that's their amygdala saying, ding, 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 this doesn't feel good. This feels uncomfortable. And we as humans now, today, currently live in an environment and live in a world where our brains are attempting to keep up with the systems of computers, to keep up with the motherboard of a computer, right? If you click something, you're going to get an email right away, right? If you, you can respond right away. Or if you look at your phone, you can text right away. Or if you want to swipe because you're not liking what reel you're watching, you can get another one right away. And so our brains, our amygdala, is not only used to responding very fast, but our brains are used to fixing very fast, right? If we see discomfort, we're going to want to fix it. But what we have to do is extend and lengthen out the amount of time in which we allow ourselves to feel that alarm bell. Yeah, I usually 
discuss it as like a smoke detector. If your your nose is sniffing out, right, or sensing any threat, like, uh, I don't know this person. Uh, I don't know this teacher. Uh, I don't know this classroom. I don't know any of these kids in my class. I don't know anyone. I want to go home. I'm going to sit here and cry. Yeah, like we're going to push back. A child is going to push back. And like I said, this week for my one of my particular sons has been a doozy. I knew that it would be, and I knew that he can and will get through it. And so I trusted within that. Yeah, not to say that it doesn't hurt and it isn't painful to see your child struggle, but I have built so much trust within him that I know he's capable and I know he can do it. And so I stay grounded. I stay grounded in that and I don't push back in terms of fixing it for him. I actually stay true to supporting the teacher, trusting in the school, and knowing that my child is in very, very good hands. Yeah. So the other part of transition into school on the flip side is you. Yeah, we've discussed how our kids react and what's going on with our kids. I've explained that there's some awareness of those emotions, but also what's going on with you. Our brains crave, let me say that again, they crave structure, stability, and control. Hands down, yeah? Just like your kiddos, if they know what is expected of them, they're going to do really well. But if you make a departure or you shift from the norm, that is where your children will find discomfort and that is where you as well will find discomfort. Yeah. And again, going back to that awareness, understanding that that's what you're feeling will make all the difference in the world. And so cool, Brooke, I know I'm there. I know I'm feeling all these feelings. I'm stressed out. My child's not doing well. He's crying at school. I don't want to leave aside. I don't know if I did the right thing. I'm freaked out. I'm not sure if the Montessori school that I picked is going to work or like all these things can go rushing into your brain very, very fast. Not to mention there is a shift in dynamic in what's going on at home for you during the day. There's a shift in what's going on during the work week. And there's a shift in even the environment. Like we're shifting from summer into fall, yeah? Things are gonna start to feel different all the way around. And so what do you do with that? How do you cope? How do you support yourself? Because like me, if my child is going through a transition and struggling, I need to be there not to fix, but to support. But I can't do that unless I have absolutely hands down taking care of myself. And so if things feel out of alignment within the home, that's very, very normal. And that's okay. And trust in that. I just explained to you a little bit ago the power of three, right? Like trust that the dust will settle. Trust that you will get into the groove. And what you can do in the meantime is simply allow it. Don't push it away. Don't attempt to fix it right? Just support the brain and the behavior and the feelings and emotions that are right presently in front of you. So we've discussed not only the awareness of the feelings, but having the awareness of it, you've got to be able to tangibly say it. You've got to be able to say, I feel stressed. I feel nervous. I feel frustrated. I feel sad. I feel happy. I feel lonely. Like whatever the feeling is, you have to be able to own it. And then once you own it, you can then step into like where, right? That's the emotional side, the the right brain. Yeah, but like, and frontal lobe, but like how do I, where is this metastasizing? Where do I feel it in my body? Are my shoulders tense? Are my jaws clenched? Am I doing some emotional eating? Yeah, to satiate the nerves that are going on. A lot of people move their joint as 
in their jaw as a way of satiating that sensory system and that anxiety. No one really recognizes that emotional eating is all linked to what's going on in our brain and how we're trying to satiate the stimuli that has been brought into our body. And we are processing that information, yeah? So basically your sensory system is you see something, you hear something, you taste something, then your brain and your body processes it, and then there's a response, yeah? So if you're feeling anxiety and stress and it's loud in the house and your child's struggling and crying when they get home or the behaviors are off the wall, right, but they're doing so well at school, that's going to cause and wreak havoc on your own nervous system. And so tapping into not only how you're feeling, but where you're feeling it in your body will help you through the next steps of what do you do? Like, what do you do and how do you support that? Yeah. So then you can ask yourself, like, what do I need? right? Like how do I support this body? I'm not going to go fix it. Fixing looks more of like I'm going to do more rage cleaning. Fixing looks like I I can't stand this feeling right now and so I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to push it away. I'm going to keep pushing forward, getting the to-do list done and ignoring all the feelings that are moving through my body. Yeah, we have to break that cycle and you have to support your brain and your body into figuring out what you need. So do do you need a hug? Do you need a long bath? Do you need a walk? Like I talked about earlier, if you're stepping on the gas, the hard and continue to step on the gas, you will crash and burn, crash and burn. But understanding how to throttle back and forth between the gas and the brake of your brain, basically, and understanding how to support that brain through these transitions will help you not crash and burn so much, which equates to not snapping at your kids, not getting frustrated at your partner, not hiding in the bathroom with your phone, scrolling, zoning out, yeah? We want to be present for these moments. We want to be so, so present for not only our children to support them through the hardships of the transition that's about to happen with school, right? But also supporting yourself and your nervous system. If we avoid it and we push it away, that's just perpetuating more patterns that won't ever be broken, Yeah, so I'm going to give you an example. Um, Like I said, hard doozy of a week for us so far. Yeah, things have kind of panned out, but I can fully feel the stress on my body. I can feel myself yawning more, trying to take a breath. For me, um, if you've ever watched any of my vlogs and my regulation system and taking you through that of how I regulate my own nervous system, you will notice that I talk about my breathing a lot. That's like the first sign of stress for me. If I am trying to take deep, deep breaths and I can't catch my breath, I know that I need to tune into my nervous system. If I'm mind-numbingly like munching in the evening and like I'm not even hungry, that's like ding, ding, ding. I know that this is what this is. I know that my brain is revved. I know that I'm processing some information and I'm moving it through my jaw currently. Yeah. And so with that information, I can then say, okay, what do I need? I need rest. That's really what I need right? Like I need to be able to bring my system and bring my, my brain ways, the amygdala, like I need to calm down my nervous system because when we keep it at such a state, a fight or flight, or when we keep it at a heightened state and stay and remain on that gas pedal, just like I said, you will either have burnout. Yeah. And that's the exterior. That is what you will see on the outside and in your world. But you're not seeing what's happening internally to your your organs and to your brain, right? This creates 
tons of hormones to be in that stressful state 24-7. And the extra increase of cortisol and releasing of hormones that are not necessary is going to exhaust your body. It's going to age your body. It's going to create tons of toxins that build up and over time cause health issues, cause illness, yeah? So this is a whole system breakdown, whole system breakdown. And so if you want to support your brain and your body, you have to look at it from the lens of what you're not seeing, which is your organs and your brain and what you're putting into your body, yeah? I know, and I have tons of water right here, I know that my body is kind of moving through the system of, I was like, all right, let's jump into action. Like I see what's going on at school. I got to support, got to help the teacher. Like we're going to get this all squared away. And we did. Yeah. And we will continue to, to support my kiddos through school as things come up. We all have hardships. Every child does. Yeah. And first and foremost, I'm like, okay, basic needs, food, water, sleep. Got it. Yeah. Another thing for me is I'm a gas pedal, full-blown. My work has always been. I think if you if you know me, I mean, I'm doing a podcast. I'm doing Instagram. I have TikTok. I have YouTube. I have, you know, I'm writing a book. I do courses. I have one-on-one clients. I'm a widowed mother. That means I'm mom and dad. Like, yeah, I got two damn dogs in the room here. And I've got staff. I have a business that I'm running. I have a wonderful nanny that I have to check in with and make sure to support and make sure she is supporting my children in the correct way. I have a lot of balls juggling and bouncing up in the air. And if I don't put myself first, yeah, put your oxygen mask on first. There is no humanly way possible I'd be able to get out of bed. There's just none, yeah? And so despite me being a gas pedal, I very much know that my work has always been How do we step on the brake, Brooke? And how do you throttle in between the two so that you can support your nervous system, so that you can support yourself, so that when your kiddos struggled at school for the day or coming home and needing that support, not fixed, but needing that support, yeah, I can listen. I can listen presently. I can listen intently. I've done what I've needed to do during the day for myself. I've worked out, food, nourishment, all the different things, and I go to bed pretty darn early. I don't like it. I fight it. I want to stay up, but I know my body needs it. Yeah? So this is two parts, right? You have to take care of yourself in order to take care of your children. Now, I got a question in one of my reels recently that was asking, what do I do if my kiddo comes home and In particular, this was a daughter and she starts telling me how this one or that one's talking about her or this or that happened. Like, how do I support my child, right? I know I've talked a lot about that today, support versus fix. Like, what does that look like? How do I communicate? If they're like, well, Johnny pushed me off the jungle gym. We don't want to look at, you know, I'm not going to look at Charlie and be like, well, we'll just, he's a shithead, punch him back. Like, I'm not going to do that, right? That's quote fixing, Yeah, that's saying this is what you should do. We don't like that kid and we're going to punch him back. Yeah, what I want is to empower my child to feel seen and heard, but to also know that they are strong enough and capable enough to support themselves. So what that's going to look like is ask your kiddos how the day went, right? Like, how's school? Uh, it was fine. 
We want to probe a little, yeah? Huh. Well, what'd you do? Uh, I did, you know, some reading and PE and... Oh, did you like your lunch? Yeah, I guess it was kind of ick. Okay, cool. Well, who'd you sit by? I don't know, this kid Johnny. He pushed me off the swing. He what? Huh. Tell me more. Yeah, we were kind of playing and I think he would... Whatever, you know, whatever is said, right? Oh, wow. Huh. And if you notice in this, and of course you can hit pause, rewind, and listen again... If you notice, the only reaction I said was, what? And then I listened in more and I asked more probing questions. I didn't say, well, did you tell the teacher? Did you punch him back? Right? Like, I didn't tell my child what to do. So just probing and asking questions is the first step to take, right? The next step is, well, how'd that make you feel? Right? When he punched you or when he pushed you off the swing. I don't know, mom. It didn't feel good. It just kind of kind of sucked like it just it kind of hurt and like did it in front of these really cute girls and look none of that's happening yet thank goodness but I'm just making this up on the fly so how'd that make you feel Charlie yeah just not good oh wow and I always always say thank you so much for sharing because I want him to know that I'm so appreciative of anything and everything that he's willing to share because so often our children will hold back and not share with us. And if you think about it, how often did your parents say that to you? How do you feel, right? So many of my clients share with me that they didn't get that growing up. They didn't get that, how do you feel? Question growing up, yeah? And so once, if they choose to share vulnerably, we have to support that and just say thank you so much for sharing. And so then the next steps are, well, what, what are the next steps for you? I don't know. You know, I think I'm just going to let it go. Or like, uh, I might I might talk to him. Oh, okay. Is that what you want to do? Yeah, I think I do. Cool. What do you think you might say? And like, you see how I'm just probing and, and like improving or, or kind of pushing the conversation along. Yeah. We want at the end of the day for our children to know that we will always be there to listen, right? Support, not fix. And the listening comes in because one day when, let's say, I am not giving example. Yes, these examples happen, but I'm not judging teachers, okay? Um, Let's say something happens where a teacher doesn't treat your child right. Or maybe they've done something inappropriate where they've said, close the door, and they're in a classroom by themselves. Or maybe a kid touches them inappropriately. Or maybe your child decides that they enjoy the same sex, yeah? Like, We want our children to know no matter what comes out of their mouth, we will listen. We will listen and not judge. We will listen and not fix, right? If you think about any type of hard conversation that you had to have with your parents growing up, they were probably thinking, what? Why are you going to do that? Like, why? Right? We don't want that for these children. We want them to be able to know that we're here. We will support them. We will educate them and teach them if they don't understand something, right? And be like, thank you so much for sharing. Like, if that happened, then how do you feel, right? And then we need to educate them on, yeah, it's okay to feel that way because a teacher should not be doing that, right? Or it is okay to to have these feelings for the same sex. Like, it, like, thank you so much for sharing. I love you so much no matter what, right? We want to be able to have our children know that there's trust and communication there. But if we fix... If we fix when our kiddos are struggling at school, when we fix when they're having hard transition issues from school, when we fix all the the groundwork that we need to lay out for our children to be supported in an independent fashion, we stop them from growing, taking the hard steps forward and advocating for themselves, right? 
just like I walked you through checking in with your own body of how you feel and what you need, those are the questions you should be asking your kiddos. Not telling them how to think, what to feel, or what to do, but allowing them to process through it and support themselves and figure out what feels best and right for them. And then we get to say, look at you, like, I'm so proud of you. If that's what you feel is best, like, go do that, yeah? So we wanna make sure that our communication with our children is key, yeah? And the last piece that I would like to discuss in terms of the transition back into school is, well, it's really twofold. The first one is if you feel that things are going wrong or you're getting a vibe at school, don't be afraid to go show up. Don't be afraid to say the hard things. Don't be afraid to ask the questions. Don't be afraid to get things handled in the way that you feel is best for your child. If you're embarrassed or scared or worried that the teacher may not like you or that the principal will will think differently of you. I've had to go into school before and be like, you know, like I'm not quite sure this teacher is right for my kiddo. Like I, I, I'm getting this feeling. And then long term, that particular instance, I got a call from a parent who was like, hey, I don't know if I should be calling, but like if this happened to my kiddo, I'd want to know. And she told me that this particular teacher brought my kid out into the hallway and was basically screaming at him in the corner. Yeah, and I walked into school and I was like, I just got a call from a friend. This happened. I've already been unsure about this teacher and this isn't okay. Like he's coming home. He's not feeling good. Like he's shared this with me. We've got to do something about this. And we all handled it together. And no joke, I had to see that teacher the rest of the year. She would not make eye contact with me. And I would walk by and be like, hi. Like I did nothing wrong, right? All I did was say, She's a great person. This just may not be the right fit for she and my kiddo. Yeah? Now the next step is trusting yourself at home. Okay? So that's about school. Trust yourself with school and showing up and and doing the thing and saying the thing that you feel needs to be said. But the next step is trusting yourself. Doing the hard work at home with your children is not easy. This job is if you could see my eyes right now, like this job is beyond hard. It's beyond hard. It's beyond exhausting. It takes you to your limits and back. It shows you who really you are as a human, right? Like it tests every boundary you've ever had. But society has gotten away from parenting the child, parenting the child in front of us for fear of who our child will become or fear that our connection won't stay strong. And I have to tell you, like, as a widowed mom, I've moved through all of that with my own children because you don't lose a dad and things just be peachy keen. Like, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, there are bumps along the way. Through that, I had to be able to sift through what was emotions and what was hardship and and basically the metastasizing and and production of what those emotions looked like for my children to mourn the loss of their dad, but also what I wanted things to look like within my own home. And so stepping up to the plate for myself, I don't just get to be the nurturer anymore of the feminine, right? I have to be able to whip out the masculine and I have to be able to whip out the boundaries and the no BS and this is how it is. And that requires trust within yourself, but trust within your parenting. Yeah, there is so much out there in terms of gentle parenting and conscious parenting. And it's it's a lot of 
love and support and care and nurturing and that is needed. Like, do not get me wrong. The first question I would like for you to ask your kids is how do you feel? That's all about emotions. But you also have to tap into the left side of the brain, which is very logical, which is a lot of the masculine brain, right? Which is more black and white of like, if my kiddos come home as an example and say, I don't know, um, shut up. Like I'm not doing my homework, right? I'm Woo, okay, well, hey, Brooke, did that feel good? No, like that that doesn't feel good. And I don't want to be spoken to that way. So, okay, P.S. I'm not saying this has happened, but just as an example, right? Okay, well, I know, I know your dad passed and I know you're struggling and I, I know that we've got a lot of emotions going on, but I can't give that a pass because I don't want to be spoken to like that. Yeah, this is a lot about follow through on your end of holding your children accountable for the way in which you want to be treated. There is so much fear in parenthood and sorry moms, but I'm going to call us out like me included. Like there's so much fear in us losing that connection that we may may not have had with our own parents. And so it stops us from laying down the law because we want to be able to support them emotionally. And we think there is, of course, a reason underneath why they're saying what they're saying. I very, very, very much believe that. And I share that with my clients. Like there is a reason why we're doing everything we're doing. If one of my kiddos is acting out of school, yeah, there's because there's a reason. There is absolutely a reason. However, that doesn't doesn't stop you from doing what needs to be done in terms of teaching your children that this is the boundary that will be held at this point. This is the boundary that needs to happen because heck, let's use the example I just gave. I'm doing a hell of a lot, right? I'm mom, I'm dad, I'm CEO. I'm support to tons of women all around the world and support to myself. And I'm holding it all together, but I don't want to be told to shut up, right, by my own kid, yeah? Because at the end of the day, we're doing everything to make things possible for our own children. So when they are, let's say, quote, disrespectful or say things or do things that you don't like, like you can literally break it down into, did that feel good or did that not feel good? If it felt good, let's keep doing it. If it didn't feel good, mm, we're not gonna do that again, yeah? I had a client who was an incredible client. She she did some hard and really beautiful work. And um, she was fearful of breaking a connection with her son in terms of pushing boundaries and saying, no, that's not okay. And he was physically hurting her. Yeah. And She wanted to discuss the emotions underneath it. She wanted to be able to share the connection and trust and be like, I know he's just struggling and that's why he's doing these things. Of course he's struggling, but that doesn't mean that you must allow your child to, to, for you to be the punching bag. Like it, it just doesn't. Yeah, we have to teach, especially this generation, especially like it's so necessary with what's out there in the world of social media and and TikTok and like we have to teach consistency, resiliency and respect of this is my body, right? I Or this is my brain or this is me and I don't want to be spoken to like that or I don't want to be hit or I don't want to be this and I don't want to be that. Yeah, like you get to step 
back in the driver's seat and hold boundaries no matter what is going on with your kiddos. Can I tell you how excruciatingly painful that is sometimes? Yeah. I could give you tons of examples of when I've had to be like, oh my God, this is like so painful to watch. Like I'm doing this because I know I need to do this, but at the same time, like I freaking love their guts and like this is hard. This is hard to live through and this is hard to watch and this is hard to hold boundaries because it's hard to see our kids sad. It's hard to see our kids in pain. It's hard to see them have a natural consequence or whatever it is, yeah? But with this new year and stepping back into school, last year was very much still just the... The dust is still settling. It is still settling from all of COVID and what every single one of us has been through. But this year overall, dropping my kiddos off at school felt like a fresh start. Last year was still the ooh and ah, and we still were wearing masks. And it was just a lot of still figuring out the parts and pieces of, of where all of our comfort lied. Yeah, but this is a fresh start to be able to step back in, get our children and this child, this generation back on track in terms of what feels good, what doesn't, supporting them through hardships, not fixing it, yeah, and allowing them to simply own their feelings and emotions in a healthy, beautiful way while you do the same for yourself, yeah? And now I know I could go on for hours and hours and hours, and I kind of wish you were all here to ask me questions and pick my green, brain even more, but... I think I'm going to leave it at that today because that's a lot to digest. So take some time, process everything I've said, maybe even listen again. If you've got questions, email me, DM me. You know how to find me. And I'm so happy you're here and I'm so grateful you're here. And I look forward to continuing to share more with you as we go along this journey of the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. I'll see you guys next time. XOXO, Dr. B.